to the right place, baby. Welcome to the podcast where three girlfriends from the East Coast align each week to chat about all things mental health and wellness from crystals to cocktails. Laugh and heal with us as we navigate balance, confidence, and learning to love each and every inch of ourselves every day. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Crystals to Cocktails. We're so excited that you are about to listen to today's episode. We are all Zooming right now. We are not together, but hopefully soon. I would love that because just uh, as I was editing another episode, I was like, oh my gosh, even when just half of us, two of us are together, it's just so much fun. We And you can just tell we have so much fun, but I'm still so grateful for Zoom and the technology we have so we can bring this episode to you guys today. And the topic for today's episode is tough conversations, how to have them, how to approach them, how to prepare for them, and how to also kind of navigate them when they do include maybe some toxic people. Why Dr. Evil had to come into it, I don't know. I I honestly, I knew that was Dr. Evil. I knew it. (laughs) So hard conversations. We're getting real deep today Mm -hmm. and talking about, you know, the best way to approach these, I suppose. I guess this is like, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. And I think that when you're about to go into a hard conversation, you could be super stressed, have a lot of anxiety, maybe even be be having a bad attitude. <laughs> I'm clearly doing great today. Um, but the I think the first and foremost, when you're about to have a difficult conversation with someone, trying to get in a better headspace. I think we definitely touched on this in our last episode of taking your power back. The fact that, you know, in order to take your power back, you might need to have some of these tough conversations with people. But the approach when you're in a better headspace is going to be, it's going to be received so much better by the other person. So definitely being calm, getting yourself in a state of calm if you need to take a step away to do that before you get into the conversation so that you're not going about it from a negative headspace. I mean, it might be a tough conversation, but that doesn't mean that it needs to be negative. And if it's not negative, then you could be coming at it from a very reactive space too, depending on what the topic of the conversation is. And I think that that's always a good emotion to avoid is that super reactive uh, version of yourself. Because I think that a lot of times when we are really reactive, it is actually a snowball of emotions. And a lot of them might apply to this conversation, but some of them might not. Some of them just might be other stressors that you are kind of going through. And so being able to, uh, for me, I know like having time, you know, just giving myself like a few days, a week, whatever it is, helps me to be less reactive. And then you gain that clarity to get you into that really calm headspace that Kels was talking about. So I feel like remembering that sometimes our first gut reaction might not be our most authentic one in situations that are really tough like this is good. Just having that wide lens on the situation can be super helpful. And not only going into it 
calm, but also not going into it with the objective to blame or criticize the other person, even if you feel wronged. Being able to have different verbiage when you are having the conversation, like, this is how I was feeling and this could have, this could be a me thing. You know, letting them know that you're not blaming them definitely opens it up for a more healthy conversation. So, and I think that when you are heading into that conversation, obviously there is a other half of it, right? You're going to be talking to someone. And so I think your first step in being communicative and having really positive communication is letting that person know, hey, I'd love to chat with you, you know, soon. I'd love to chat with you about this event that occurred. I'd love just to take a few minutes of your time, do you think that we can set up a, a day this week that works well for you? Um, and obviously this sounds like super professional. Your tough conversation might not be like on a professional level, but you know, talk in a way that feels authentic to you and allow that other person to carve out the time to give you your space and to allow you to say your piece in whatever the conversation is and letting that person know what the conversation is going to be about um, will also help them come to that conversation prepared I think with their thoughts and it kind of gives everyone a chance to not be caught off guard and not feel like there's an attack but feel like it's more of a productive conversation with a common goal. Absolutely and I think you know being able to let the other person know that you want to hear them out, actually hearing them out, listening to what they have to say, being receptive of what they're saying, like actually validating the things that you agree with throughout the conversation and not just like combating the second that they have something to say, trying to, you know, give your two cents, really listening and letting what they have to say, uh, letting that absorb not using negative language too. Like this isn't, if you're trying to have a difficult conversation with somebody, don't be like name calling and making it an argument. It's a difficult conversation, but it doesn't, it can still be a healthy one. Again, it does not have to be negative. Um, and I think that when you use abusive language like that, you're just showing such disrespect and they are, are going to come from that place of feeling attacked. So they're going to respond defensively instead of actually respecting you, hearing what you have to say and taking note of that and, you know, getting anywhere in the conversation. I have something to say about this. So actually earlier, <clears throat> I talked to one of the coaches on my team and she had to have a hard conversation today. Um, one of her like best friends from when she was younger was upset that, um, she was like visiting some of her other like coach friends across the country, you know, cause she just built like a, a life of freedom. She just ended up quitting her job and she's now like a full-time um, health and wellness coach. So her friend, instead of like having a real hard conversation kind of attacked her. And she was just like, uh, you say that you're so free, but like, what the hell, why aren't you hanging out with me basically? And I, what I told this, my coach was like, you just have to step back and read between the lines. She's literally just saying that she's jealous of all of your free time and she misses you. So just go show her some love, tell her when you can see her again. And, um, 
like that's really what she needs and just have that real conversation with her because clearly she needs help you know trying to communicate her words i do feel like a lot of the times uh conflict and all you know these tough conversations can definitely be avoided by heavy communication and being able to have that skill of communicating even when it is a little bit difficult but not everyone can do that so if it's not reciprocated then it you know you do have to approach it in the way where you're where you're recognizing that and another thing that i wanted to bring up was i feel like when people get in these tough conversations that you know sometimes turn into arguments it can go from just a conversation where you're bringing up one thing that you are talking about in the moment that is bothering you and then the person will start bringing up other stuff that's happened in the past and just turns into this tornado of shit that you just don't need so if you're arguing with someone or having a difficult conversation about one thing stay on that topic don't go bringing up like other topics from the past because you're not going to get through that conversation by bringing up stuff that and you know in, at a earlier date so i think that one of the things to really focus on is okay if there's a conversation that you want to have with somebody then let them know what you want to speak to them about and keep it to that topic uh i think that that's you know, definitely it's, it's not healthy to be like, oh, and you did this and you did this. And then this other time you did this, because then that really is going to come across as an attack and like, okay, I thought that this was your issue. And now you're telling me that you had 15 others that you didn't bring up until right now. Oh my gosh, Kelsey, I'm just having like PTSD over here of uh, three years of my life. But for real, I think one of the, one of the best ways that if, you know, the person that you are having this really tough conversation with, one of the best ways to react if they keep bringing stuff up from the past and what they're really doing is diverting the attention away from the actual issue because they have had situations where they didn't have the uh, communication skills to bring up what was bothering them, you know, in the past. That's why they're taking this opportunity to do that now. And so I think one of the most important things that you can do if the other person brings that up is to say, I hear you that we have more to discuss after this conversation, but I would really love to solve this problem first because you're, you're not saying we're not talking about that, or this isn't about that. You're not dismissing or using like any type of like dismissive language, even though that might be your gut reaction in the heat of the moment, but you're really saying like, okay, I see that there's more here. Um, we've uncovered something new that we definitely have to work through, but at the same time, like let's focus on like what's at hand and move forward from there. And I think just in general, making sure that the other person feels heard, but also making sure that they're making you feel heard. You know, it's important to stick up for yourself a bit in these conversations too, in a really productive way. And again, things that help are using positive language, having a positive, having positive body language, a positive demeanor, and probably doing this face-to-face. -face. Yeah. And I would say before, if say, if you have to have a hard conversation with somebody before you open your mouth think about why you want to have that conversation first and think like why is this person bothering me is it like for a legit reason or is it because you thought that this person was supposed to act some some type of way and they didn't fit your mold that that's not their problem 
you know. That's such a great point, Haley, is yeah, let's take it back to the top. But, you know, like, like, why are we having this conversation? And what do I want my goal to be? Do I want my goal? Do I want to just feel heard? Do I want to just feel like I'm heard with these emotions and these feelings? Do I want some sort of solution? Do I need an apology? Or do I really just want to maybe cut ties with this person? Maybe our, our chapter is coming to a close. And I think being transparent with yourself about what you need that end goal to be is really important so that you can walk away from this conversation feeling like you have some sort of closure or there's some sort of closure to the topic. Absolutely. I have a question for you guys. Is it hard for you guys? Is it hard for you guys to like have those conversations? Because it's really not that hard for me. And like my dad always, always like always made fun of me because of it. He's like, the saying you call a spade a spade, something like that. Like, I just don't have a problem saying with what, whatever is on my mind, if it's bothering me, I have to say it because otherwise I feel like I'm being fake with you and I cannot stand fake people. So like a lot of people, like they might not like me because of the things I say, but I say it because that's what I'm feeling. And otherwise, if I'm not saying it, then I'm fake and I'm not going to ever be fake. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I would say that it's not necessarily hard for me to have those types of conversations, but if a conversation like that comes up and I don't know or I'm not anticipating it happening, I'm the type of person that, especially in an argument or where th- when things are getting heated, I usually have to take a few minutes to at least a few minutes, sometimes hours, sometimes days to just think about the situation. And I mean, I have ADD. I feel like I need to articulate what I want to say and how I want to say it. And I don't want other person to be like, oh, this person, oh, she's dumb. I guess that's like kind of just uh, one of those mini insecurities is because I have ADD. It takes me a little bit longer to like think about the way I want to say something. I get pissed sometimes because I'm like, I want to respond in this moment, but I can't right now because I want to make sure that you're hearing me. And that's been uh, definitely a really difficult thing for me in past relationships is that if I don't feel heard, I don't feel valued or respected. And I have had situations where people talk over me so much, especially in an argument or a difficult conversation, if you will, but I don't consider it a difficult conversation if it's only one way and only one person is saying what they want to say, because that's just happened to me so often where I'm like, I'm trying to tell you how I feel and what's going on with me but you're not hearing me because you are not listening. So I think that when you have those difficult conversations, really being able to like, again, hear out the other person, like make sure that it's a two way street and you're not just talking at each other and not like listening and saying, I hear you, I see you, I'm going to try and be better, uh, you know, depending on what the situation is, but obviously you want to have a resolve and you're both having the conversation to try and have a resolve and to be better. And, if their other person isn't, then again, this like comes back to the whole, you know, toxicity and toxic relationships. If the other person is just constantly throwing blame at you, not hearing you out, you know, just bringing up all kinds of stuff from the past and getting to a point where it is just not getting anywhere. 
then at least extract yourself from the situation for the time being. I'm not saying, you know, if you have a difficult conversation that doesn't go the way you want, like cut that person out of your life forever, but just be like, okay, this isn't getting to where we want it to be. This is not helping either of us right now. So let's take a step back and maybe approach it another day. Yeah. And I, um, I come from a family of emotional communicators. We have always talked about our feelings. It's always been second nature for me to let people know how I feel. So I have been a communicative person and I feel like that has always helped me avoid those tough conversations because I'm able to talk through those little things that end up leading to those, you know, tougher conversations in real time. However, the only times that I have ever avoided tough conversations was with one person who I knew every time I tried to have a tough conversation, I would be gaslit, be called names. I would be made to feel like I was crazy for even bringing it up. And how could I possibly bring, you know, this situation up when there's so many things that I do wrong, (laughs) you know? And I always obviously found that very difficult. And I think that gaslighting is something that happens probably more than we know and more than we realize. And you might have experienced gaslighting if you think that someone is questioning the way that you remember an event happening. That is a very common case of gaslighting. Also, if the person is withholding, which means that they're refusing to engage in the conversation with you at all, they're, you know, silent treatment, not responding to your texts, you know, all of that kind of stuff as far as just holding off or saying that, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. And you know that they know Um, that can totally make you feel crazy when you're not. The other thing is diverting, which we did touch on. So like, you know, if they kind of change the focus of the conversation and kind of do that whole like loop around to all these other things that have happened in the last who knows how much time, that is an example of gaslighting for sure. And then obviously, um, you know, denial. So that person uh, saying that they are denying something that you know happened and that that's all gaslighting and it's really sad to realize that that can happen in romantic relationships friendships family relationships who knows but it's really important to know the signs of it so that you can walk away from that conversation knowing there probably isn't any getting through to this person and there might be a time in your tough conversation where you do come to terms with that because this person's not willing to engage fairly in having this conversation and therefore in my opinion they don't really deserve the conversation because they've already kind of set themselves aside as someone who is not on the same level as you emotionally communicatively and there are probably a handful of other people out there who would be Lindsay, when people are like that with me i call them out being like what are you talking about you don't know like you know exactly what we're talking about here Let's just have the grown-up conversation that we're supposed to have. Like, or if they're going around in circles, like, why are you going around in circles right now? Let's just address the problem right here, right now. Otherwise, it's just going to pop up again in the future. I can't with that. I have to, like, I'm like, I have to solve the problem immediately. <laughs> but I know sometimes it's not immediate. 
Um, and some people need more time than others. Like sometimes that's me, but if it is me, I let them know. I'm like, I need more time, like to think about all this. I'm the same way. If I like, like, I just am like, okay, I need a few minutes. Uh, I need a few hours. Let me get back to you tomorrow. Whatever it is, you're at least giving them the respect of saying, I do want to have this conversation. I just need to, you know, get in the right headspace for it. And if it is going to be a healthy conversation, they're going to respect that. I think when it comes to toxinships and when Lindsay was just talking about gaslighting, which is definitely something that you'll deal with from narcissists. And I have definitely dealt with this on several levels, but also the abuse is so covert that sometimes you don't even, it takes so long to realize that that's what you're dealing with. But some types of abuse that you might not realize (laughs) are like someone rolling their eyes at you. That's just a heavy form of disrespect. I get if it's like, if you're rolling your eyes, like, and they said a joke or something and you're kind of like, ugh, like laughing. But if it's rolling their eye, rolling your eyes at somebody when they're telling you how they feel about something, that is so fucking disrespectful. But also disguising an insult as a joke. Like if somebody's constantly insulting you, but they're, they're like, oh, I'm just kidding. Like, are you though? Are you kidding? No, they're just saying that so that they won't sound like an asshole at the time, but that's so not healthy telling somebody that they're too sensitive over and over like oh you're just being too sensitive oh you're just you're just so sensitive like no that's saying i don't value your feelings shaming and guilt tripping you guys guilt tripping is one of the biggest forms of narcissism and it sucks it sucks so bad when it gets to the point where you actually feel guilty all the time because somebody is like put is putting that on you where you can't live your life because you're going to feel guilty that you're not doing something to make them happy even though you know if you're in a relationship with somebody you should both enter it happy and add hap- add more happiness to each other's lives but not be each other's source of happiness name calling just again, this is something that I just talked about. If you're having a, an argument or a difficult conversation, using abusive words is not going to help prove your point. Lying and denying. <laughs> yeah, lying and denying. Damn. Definitely something that I feel like it's <laughs> like this that somebody is constantly denying something and you know it's true. It's like, why are you putting up with that anymore? Like, I fucking know this is true for sure. I mean, obviously, fact check. Like, make sure that you know it's true. Not respecting your boundaries. Oh, my gosh. So, Ko is at the age where he has a little girlfriend now. And it's adorable. They're just... It's just like puppy love, you know. But they chase each other around the house. They're always trying to grab each other's phones. And I had to have a talk with them the other day because... One of the, they grabbed each other's phones. One of them was like, oh, if you won't let me see it, uh, clearly you have something to hide. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, nope, we're not doing this. You guys, I mean, they're 12, so there's that. But also, I had a whole talk with them about trust. I'm like, you guys, this is not something that you're starting, especially this early. You need to trust each other. If you don't trust each other, you shouldn't be together. Again, they're 12. This is just like... Uh, but I wanted to have that conversation with them because I do think that it's important to instill that in your kids young. There's no reason 
that they shouldn't be able to see that you shouldn't be able to see your significant other's phone but there's also no reason that you should there's no reason that you should feel like you have to go through it ever and if you do if you feel like they're hiding something ask them about it and if they say no you should trust them and if you don't you shouldn't be with them or you need to ask yourself why you don't trust them like i was just gonna say that Haley. Yeah, because, like, you know, I got cheated on a bunch from my ex-boyfriend, so maybe that's the reason why I don't trust him. It's just something that I need to heal on my own. has nothing to do with the other person, you know. Is this person acting some type of way, maybe falling into one of these categories that we're talking about, so you can't talk to them? You know, they're really, like, there has, I know there was a point for me in a past relationship where I was like, there is absolutely just, there's no communicating at this point. And it, I just, because every time we would, it was just unhealthy and I, I wasn't going to put myself through it. And so when I got that inclination that I was like, I feel like something's going on. I want to look through their phone, whatever. It's like in my mind, I already knew it was done. It was like, I was just looking for that last, I guess, nail in the coffin to help me make that decision. Cause it felt really hard to make. But at the same time, I want to kind of bring this all back to the fact that, like, you know you deserve more if you feel like you have to look at someone's phone. Like, you know that there's a reason or there's work to be done, depending on the situation. Well, I have something today. Actually, it's kind of a little bit, I mean, it's not epic at all, but (laughs) we're going in a different direction. Okay. (laughs) So I want to talk about a different, a hard conversation that people, like, like to get into but I just wanted to tell you that you don't have to have it. So just for example, like yesterday I got three pages of like an email, like the longest email I've ever seen of just hate, 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 just as a huge, as a big hater. And I knew I looked at it. I skimmed a couple words and I was like, Oh, this is a hate message. So instead of like reading the whole email, and like coming up with the best thing to say to this person, like to have that hard conversation, like, why don't you like me or whatever the hell, like, what did I do to you? I don't need to have that conversation. Like this person does not require, like should not take any of my energy. So like I said, I did not take the time to read that email because it would have fucked up my mental health. So instead, I like I said, I skimmed and I was like, oh, this is shit. So I just hit the trash button and I felt so great to do that. And then um, after, like I said, I felt so great and I don't, like, I didn't feed into that person and I don't have to have that conversation. And I just focused on my own mental health and started thinking about the people that, you know, actually love me. (laughs) I'm so proud of you, by the way, because sometimes I'm a glutton for punishment and I'm like, don't know how awful I am. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But like, you know, sometimes I'm just genuinely so curious that I I would have had to read it. And I am so proud of you. And I definitely look up to you for doing that because I think that that just shows so much strength and so much assurance in who, you know, who you are, you know, and like, you know, that it's, I come as I am. And if you don't like it, that's totally okay. You don't have to, you know, (laughs) my god i'm like so you just spent like an hour of your time thinking about me writing me letters that's (laughs) so weird that is so weird but anyway i just 
so glad it honestly as soon as i hit the the trash button i felt like a huge like i could have read that and let it ruin my whole entire day not even just day week month a couple of months and that's what that girl wanted she wanted it to ruin day month year she wanted it to like get under my skin and for me to write her back but because i didn't i feel like it's probably gonna fuck her up even more goddamn the lesson release i was saying yesterday in a post that would have took me a long time to read that message and a long time to come up with a great message to reply back and i'm like it takes one second to hit a trash but trash button or the delete button or block button or whatever the hell emphasis on the trash (laughs) (laughs) but also i think that that comes back to you know when people aren't okay themselves they look for people that are doing good to project their bullshit onto it's it's just it's not a reflection of who you are it's a reflection of who they are and i think that really honing in on that you guys like really being able to realize that it's not a you thing it's a them thing and that they have something going on in their life that they are are trying to put pain on you they're trying to hurt you because they're hurt hurt people hurt people so you know sometimes those people are the people that need the most love and i'm not saying like if i hate if somebody is like shits on you you should be like well thank you i love you i respect your opinion i love you but again Dr. you know he's like come here come here give daddy a hug <laughs> you know maybe we really maybe we need to start doing that actually like thanks <laughs> thanks for your feedback this this person I didn't even want to give one second of my time or energy. <laughs> Fuck no. Kidding. So I had a hater recently too, actually, and um, it was it was so stupid. I that I just laugh about it because my friends and I did a reel on Instagram. It was cute. It was all of us dancing. I was wearing like these gray pants in it, and like did my ass look greatest it ever has in this video? Absolutely not. But. <laughs> did it uh warrant hate i don't think so this girl commented on it and was like girl in the gray pants you've got a pretty face but a weird looking ass and i was like okay so i didn't have to say anything all of my friends did but they responded with all things positive and just kind of like giving her love but in like a hilarious way yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like love and light to you yeah <laughs> Looks like you need a group of friends like us, but so just like, again, bless and release. The funniest thing was that her profile was all positivity and I'm like, that's interesting. So this person too, they're supposed to be so spiritual and everything. And I'm like, what? I'm so confused. I'm Mm -hmm. so confused. But anyway, I honestly don't even want to talk about anymore. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely don't have to because you're strong and that was yesterday or where whenever that was and that's not today and we don't have to bring that into today so i feel like we've talked a good amount about you know the different types of tough conversations that you can have and specifically you know conversations within those like really intimate relationships so i guess i i feel like if you're listening to this right now and you're kind of like oh my god oh my god the red flags they're all popping up you know what do you do when you realize that the person that you're trying to have this tough conversation with and move forward with is toxic and they're not responding well to, you know, your different mature approaches to these tough conversations? What are those next steps and what do those look like? 
I'd say like your first step is definitely being able to talk to a therapist or psychologist or somebody that can help you decide how you want to go about the conversation with that person. I know that one thing that really helped me once I realized that I was dealing with someone who was a narcissist, and actually my therapist suggested the book. The book was called Out of the Fog, which stands for Fear, Obligation, and Guilt. Moving from confusion to clarity after narcissistic abuse. And I literally started reading that book and two chapters, not even two chapters in, a chapter in, I was like, holy shit, this person is never going to change. There is no way that I'm going to be able to work through this with them because they won't be able to to change the type of person that they are and the way that they have been treating me and gaslighting me and guilt tripping me and instilling that fear. Um, and that hey, Kelsey, felt like- really quick. I just wanted to, I was going to ask a question then I was like, no. So I just wanted to make something clear on like for myself, but um, this the, the narcissists don't have to be just like boyfriend. Husbands. Oh no, absolutely. It can be like people in your life for, for a long time. For some reason, I always thought they had to be like dudes and that's not the truth. No, you can have, you can totally have friendships, toxic friendships, toxic relationships with family members. One of my first experiences, which again, I didn't realize this until very recently, but my biological dad was 1,050% a narcissist. And I had no, like, I knew that the way that he did things wasn't necessarily right. I had no idea that that was the, what I was dealing with growing up, you know? It was just, you come to all of these realizations, but knowing that you don't have to keep those people in your life is so powerful. Like, you hold the power there. You get to decide who you do and don't interact with. And again, it's going to be really fucking hard to make those decisions, but knowing that at the end of the day, the decision is yours to make should give you some peace. I have something to say about that. So with these people that like treat you like shit or whatever, this might be something that you don't want to hear right now, but always keep your heart open because people can change, you know? So like keep your heart open to like, just show them that like, there are good people out there. They're like, we do love you. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's hard to put it into words, but I don't like to completely shut people off. Like that hater that sent me the meanest message of all times yesterday. My heart's still open for her. Like when she, if she decides to apologize to me one day, I will accept it. I was just so say something similar, Haley, that like, you know, if someone is a gaslighter, someone is a narcissist, if someone is in some way manipulating the conversation, it doesn't mean that they are a hundred percent a bad person, which I think that's where the gray area lies because are they healthy within this bubble of a relationship? Absolutely not. But could they still be a great friend to other people? Could they still be a great son, daughter, aunt, sister, whatever? Sure. Absolutely. But for whatever reason, I'm a believer that sometimes people are just triggered in 
in different types of relationships to be a certain version of themselves. And I think that sometimes people, when emotions are very deep and it's supposed to be a very deep, you know, relationship that it just, I don't know, it sets some people in a really healthy direction. It sets some people down a really, you know, different direction. And I think that that's when the, like I said, the gray area comes in. So a lot of times relationships with these types of people don't start off that way. And it gets very hard to in real time, have the realization that this is going South and you think it's something that you can do to change it. And unfortunately, in a lot of cases, there's not, there's not anything you can do, but what you can do is like we were just saying, choose to stay by their side as they seek out you know, help, professional help, which no shame in that game whatsoever. You know, you can choose to do that or you can choose to go in a different direction. And you can, it's so fucking crazy that this is happening, like coming up right now. Because this person, um, she actually recommended this awesome spiritual book to me that I love so much. And I still use a lot of the practices that I've learned from it that book's actually called spiritual growth. So um, when somebody is like having a hard time or being so rude to you, or like you're fighting and you can't come up with an end fault, if you like energetically send them love, like, and the book taught you how to energetically send them love. Um, like it'll reach them. It, it'll reach them in a way. So instead of like hating that person for whatever they said, maybe try, just try. I mean, if they don't literally don't deserve it at all, then don't, but maybe just try to be the higher person, you know, um, to send them that love that they clearly need just to honestly help yourself more. I feel like it helps you more to heal from whatever the fuck they said or did to you to send that person loved. I don't know. I just feel like that's what I'm going to do to this girl. Yeah. And when I said before that you know, narcissists don't change. I more so meant, I mean, typically a lot of them do not change, but that being said, they can, if they're going to seek some sort of professional help and not, and, and be willing to, they have to be open to it. It can't be your idea. You can't be telling somebody what they need to do. It's kind of like, you know, it, it is, it is a mental illness. It is some sort of disease or imbalance. I don't know if I'm wording this right. Like, don't call me on this. But again, they have to be willing. So it can't be like you forcing them to do it because that's not going to get you anywhere. So another thing that we could totally talk about really quick is if that person is like not willing to change, like they're just not okay. They're not nice to you and all that stuff look up on YouTube or Google how to, um, I, I'm going to say this wrong, but cut cords, you know, yep. energetically cut cords. Yep. That is so powerful in so many different ways. So I know it sounds so like woo woo, but fucking try it and then watch the difference, you know, in your body language and the way you think the next day, it's like night and day. And I know we say this pretty much every episode, <laughs> but there are so many meditations. <laughs> and when it comes to cord cutting, 
and getting to the point where, you know, you're energetically cutting off your, where you're cutting off your energy to somebody else. There are so many cord cutting meditations. I don't know if you can hear my hand flailing in the air right now because I'm so about this, but (laughs) you absolutely should look it up. You can, you guys, if you don't have like the app insight timer, you can look it up through YouTube. There are resources when it comes to meditations that are all free. So we're trying to do some tots or no? For sure. Sure. (laughs) It's St. Patrick's Day. Oh my gosh, I know. We're recording this on St. Patrick's Day. I am wearing the only green shirt I have. I'm like, I'm Irish all year long, baby. I only need one shirt. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Same. I actually was on the call earlier and Krista's son, Ben, you know how he always unmutes. It's like the cutest thing on the planet. He always unmutes and just starts talking. <laughs> so we're like, she'll be in the other room. He unmuted and he started talking and going on and on and on about how I was like, Ben, are you wearing green because it's St. Patrick's Day? And he's like, Yeah. He's like, he's like, if you wear green, you don't get pinned. You should probably change. Oh, <laughs> a red shirt I was like well I feel attacked I take so that I did and this is also the only green shirt I own so I feel like we should all take a shot for St. Patrick's Day but like should we do some truth or I'm like you guys don't have a choice you're taking a shot with me <laughs> I know right I'm, I'm 100% taking a shot okay cool all right, all right. But yeah, maybe we'll all answer the same question. Maybe we can do that. Okay. So do you want to do a shot first? Yeah, let's do a shot first. Loosen up a bit. All you right. Take it yet? I'm about to. I'm chasing with a mix. Hey, cheers. Cheers, guys. <laughs> cheers to us. I just got to kill all over my face. <sighs> we love that. A chemical peel. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so we all just took our shot, and now we decided, um, since we are (laughs) scurrying to a team happy hour, that we're just going to all answer the same question, because also, sharing is caring when it comes to the amazing things that you buy online. Like, let's all share our favorite things. So, I want to know, now that we have been in this panorama for a year, what has been all of our favorite, like, impulse purchases like if you had to pick one or like two of like the best things that you bought for yourself I want to know and tell us where to buy it (laughs) all right Haley you first let's see the two I have two one is I've got a brand new bed I needed it so bad and I can't even tell you what kind of bed it is because Patrick bought it on Valentine's Day on Amazon and it's so weird nowadays that beds can just get delivered in a box but it's so comfortable. It's so great. Next episode, I'll tell you what it was. But a brand new bed and I invested in a spiritual retreat that's coming up at the end of April. And I I cannot wait. This is like what I've been needing in my life. And like every time I meditate, I'm like, what do I need? It's always like more quiet time or like a spiritual retreat. Eventually, one day I do want to spend some time money on a like a silent spiritual retreat that's like I don't know I'm thinking three to five days of silence that's just really what I want um but I think that is that's my answer (laughs) 
I love that. When I, when I think back, I feel like I have two things as well. One is my air fryer instant pot duo. That was like one of my first purchases. And I think it like kept me happy and sane for at least like a month and a half, you know, during like the actual lockdown. So that was great. And then the second thing is that I have invested in a lot of little like getaways, really safe, you know, especially once like regulations lifted, um, but just some in-state little getaways to the mountains or to the woods. And those little things just gave me something to look forward to. And I think that that's so important. And I think that's why like quarantine felt so daunting was because it was like every day is the same. What am I doing here? (laughs) Like it was just like insanity. Like insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I still can't leave my house. What the fuck? But those little getaways definitely were like my lifeline for at least like my boyfriend and I. So 10 out of 10 recommend. So I am going to piggyback off of that and say that all of the little trips here and there definitely that I've taken and then also, you know, friends that I have had come to visit and just done little trips while they're here (laughs) and also my bugs that (laughs) like it's going to become a running joke. (laughs) But honestly, Books are like a little escape from reality and I just, yeah, I, I love reading. I told, hey, Kelsey, I told Patrick the other day and I was like, we all got asked the que- same question the other day on the podcast. And I was like, what would you do with an extra hour? And I was like, I said this, Lindsay said this, and Kelsey said to read more. <laughs> and he was like, oh, <laughs> that was the cutest thing ever. I think it's adorable how much you want to like learn and grow and become more honestly (laughs) trying i'm really trying hard over here (laughs) oh my god it's cute that's awesome thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the crystals to cocktails podcast we can't thank you enough follow us on instagram at crystals to cocktails and hit that subscribe button baby yes and make sure to tune in every thursday for new episodes all right love you